like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull brought in. Right. I hate him so much I can't even remember his name right Shia now. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Story Geeks Podcast, produced by the Reclamation Society. Welcome to the Story Geeks Podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Jay, and today we're going to hash it out over delayed sequels, which of course is inspired by Blade Runner 2049. That's right. So this is, again, one of our new formats here on the Story Geeks podcast. We're calling it Hash It Out. What we're going for here is there are a lot of podcasts out there designed for geeks to argue with each other. And, and this is not unlike those. But our goal here is actually to sort of celebrate different opinions and leave room for opinions and different ways of enjoying things rather than just fighting about what's best and coming to some level of a conclusion. So our, our, the spirit here is not to make one person right and one person wrong, but just to enjoy talking about different opinions. If you enjoy, if you enjoy trolling people, you will hate this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, as Jay mentioned, today's topic is delayed sequels inspired by Blade Runner 2049, um, which we will get into that and we'll have Jay explain the rules a little bit. But before we do that, let's take a brief minute to talk about Blade Runner 2049 and talk about how do we feel about it as a delayed sequel. Yeah. A sequel that happens 30 years after the original. Yeah. 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 So we saw it together. We did. Uh, couple nights after it came out, I think. Yep. So what's your take on it, Jay? I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it ha- what's interesting about it is it's a very true sequel. In other words, if you are irritated by the first movie or if you love the first movie, the second movie will feel the same to you. It's yeah. sort of more of the same. So if you felt like it was too slow, then you're going to feel like the second one's too slow. Um, if you love the aesthetic of the first one, then you're going to love the graphic, um, the kind of portrayal of the world in the second one. Like you'll love both. Uh, really fantastic from that perspective. I'm a fan of Blade Runner. I do think it's a little slow at times, but I love that it's essentially an art house film that's also. Yeah. A science fiction film like we don't get that very often so I think that's fantastic I love the fact that it is its own genre and I like science fiction noir um, and and the art house aspect of it and to be honest like Denise Villeneuve I believe I don't know how to say the dude's name <laughs> at least you tried that <laughs> time. I tried yeah but your, he is what's so your amazing. old pronunciation it's Dennis Villeneuve <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think yeah. it's Denis Villeneuve. You have to have some sort of a French <laughs> accent to be able to Denis say it. Denis right? Villeneuve. Yeah. You just say it. You should, yeah, just mumble it and it sounds better. Yeah. But I, I think that he just does such a fantastic job of not only staying true to the original, but directing this world in such a way that's super compelling. Yeah, I agree. He definitely recaptured it like with the same sort of excellence that like J.J. Abrams recaptured the Star Wars universe right. with The Force Awakens. And you're right. If you love stuff about the original, you'll love stuff about this one, mm-hmm. which I think is my problem. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there are things about the original that I don't love. <laughs> exactly. And consequently, I don't love them about this one either. Right. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I mean, it's beautifully made. Mm-hmm. Technically and proficiently, it's a gorgeous movie. Um, and Ryan Gosling does a really good job. He's one of those actors that I 
tend to just not like. Nah. But this movie and La La Land are kind of starting to turn that around a little bit for me. Sure. Um, but I think it's a little heavy-handed stylistically. Mm. I think it could have been a lot shorter if yeah. we would have sacrificed some of Denise's style for the sake of story and sure. pacing. Yeah. Um, I love... Once it gets to Harrison Ford, yeah, then I'm like hooked. Yeah, but that doesn't happen until at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours into the movie. Like, I, it about takes two forever. Hours. Yeah, it's it's a long time. So certain aspects of it I totally enjoyed. I loved how they reconnected back to the old movie. Yep. I thought Harrison Ford did a great job Absolutely. of doing a advanced version of Deckard mm-hmm. and the callbacks to Rachel. I won't get too specific, but the callbacks to Rachel mm-hmm. and some of the stuff they did was just brilliant. Well, it was one thing that you should do, because I've kind of agreed with you on Ryan Gosling. He seems very smug, even in real life. He seems like a very smug person. Yeah. I just don't think he is. I think that's just a persona that he puts off. It's the same problem that Brad Pitt had yeah, years ago. Yeah, exactly. I right. hated Brad Pitt. And then um, Seven came out. Right. And Twelve Monkeys came out. Yep. And A River Runs Through It is another really good movie. I think he's, he what they're in. doing is they're breaking, the, they're breaking the mold of what you would assume Hollywood would have for them. Yeah. And then you see them in a new light and you're like, wait a minute. But I will tell you, if you have not seen um, the SNL sketch called Papyrus... That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! From the most, his most recent, his appearance. most recent SNL yeah. appearance, as of the recording of this podcast, um, he does this hilarious skit, <laughs> and he totally sells it the entire time. It's really worth your watch. Uh, it's called Papyrus. It's a SNL skit with Ryan Gosling. In yeah, it. <laughs> it's fantastic. He's hosted that show a couple of times, and I really enjoy him because he sucks at it. <laughs> he breaks constantly. He laughs at everything. Yeah, exactly. He can't keep up the face. It's just, it's really interesting. He does really watch. sell the papyrus, though. He's really good. Because that's a, that's a, it's a short. It's not a live. It's not yeah. done live. It's a short. But. but in the spirit of this specific topic, how do you feel Blade Runner held up as a sequel that takes place 30 years? Oh, yeah. After so the I think it's fantastic. Film? I think okay. it, it fills all of the right gaps in that 30 year period. Um, and I think that, that it works really, really well. It's like stepping back right into the world, but not in a way that is... It didn't try to kind of break out of the vibe of the early one. It just went with the vibe of the early one. And yeah. But yet it's telling a really fascinating story. As, as fascinating or even perhaps more fascinating than the original story. I think much more fascinating. See, yeah. Which is so. one of my frustrations. I think the idea for the movie is awesome. Yeah. I don't know if we should spoil that here or not. Should we say spoilery things? <laughs> probably not. We probably shouldn't say okay. spoilery things. I want to talk about it. But <laughs> yeah, well, we, we'll have another podcast. That's true. That's sure. true. I love the idea, but I feel like the idea is convoluted in yes. a lot of the style. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get some of the idea of Ryan Gosling's like digital girlfriend you know and stuff like that but that was focused on too much and there's certain reveals that were strong but could have been stronger if done different ways sure sure i gotcha yeah yeah so all right so that is how we feel about blade runner 2049 and inspired by that Mm -hmm. we are now going to talk about movies that we think deserve the same treatment yep 
but we have set up some rules for that. So we have some rules. Yeah, we have some rules. So, so definitely inspired by this delayed sequel, if you will, for lack of a better word, we couldn't come up with a great word for it. We do have these um, rules. The first rule is that the movie must have been released before the year 2000. So you'll see in our lists, all the movies are released before the year 2000. Um, The sequel should be set in the present day. Uh, with an equal amount of time passing between the original and the sequel as actually occurred in real life. So if the original occurred in the future, or like the it past. doesn't have to be present day, present day. Correct. The same amount of time has That's to That's a good passed. clarification, yeah. yeah. Um, none of the movies that we're actually talking about are allowed to have had sequels themselves. So yeah. we're dealing with films that had no sequels, they were standalone films, and then they've been they've remained standalone films. So we can't just pitch another Star Wars movie. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Um, there's no using dead actors or dead directors. So if, if somebody has passed away during b- between the first film and what we're calling the sequel, then we would have to adjust for that. Um, and each film will give a brief pitch about what that film would kind of be about, and we will select directors, and to a certain extent, we'll select some of the cast right. as well. So that's those are the rules. Those are the rules. Yeah. I love having rules. It makes this all more fun. Yeah. So why don't you kick us off? Why don't you give us your first sequel? Okay. So the number three option, so I'm going to work, these are obviously going to work in order of what I'd like to see the most. Okay. So this is the number three option, um, and that is The Princess Bride. Uh, we've okay. not, we've right. not seen a Princess Bride sequel. Here's my pitch, here's my like log line, plus a little bit of extra detail for what The Princess Bride sequel would look like. Fred Savage is now playing a father uh-huh. who is reading a book to, the, uh, to his daughter, a new Princess Bride adventure to his daughter. Inigo Montoya has been slain, and his headstrong daughter, Anissa Montoya... You took Manny Patinkin out of the movie? He's he's gone. He's done. I do not condone that. Yeah, he's done. He's out. (laughs) So she takes off on a journey to find her father's murderer and bring him to justice, but what she doesn't know and what she doesn't realize is that she'll end up falling in love with who the man who she believes to be the one that killed her father... Although she'll discover in that that only by working together will they find the true killer, who is Vizzini, ah. uh, which is played by uh, Wallace, I believe his name is. Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn, um, who was brought back from the dead I was by say, a necromancer. He died in the first Because he one. died in that film. Yeah. And the director of this film, which I would love to see, would be Peter Jackson. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I think that would be phenomenal. I think any movie that has a necromancer in it could appropriately be directed by Peter Jackson. <laughs> maybe so, maybe or so. Or maybe Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> well, that would be that would be super insane and give everyone nightmares. So, so. is there no no Princess Buttercup, no Wesley? Well, part of this might be that the Wesley Buttercup do- uh, son is the one that she thinks killed her father. Okay. And so that's the love So they're in there. Yeah, I think so. Because Robin Wright's killing it nowadays. Yeah. She was in Blade Runner. Yeah. So she could come back. Robin Wright, I, I, just as a total aside, um, I love it when Robin Wright is in a film. Because I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm probably going to like this film. Wonder Woman? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wonder Woman, yep, absolutely. And I know we haven't seen Carrie Elwes in a while, but I'm, he's just still alive. Yeah, why not? Why not bring him back? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back, him and Jim Carrey in like a liar liar situation. Yeah, yeah, why not? You can't bring Andre the Giant back though. That's a bummer. Yeah. He was really funny in that movie. No. Just get uh, Drax. 
Dave, yeah. Dave Batista. <laughs> Dave Batista. Just have him show up. <laughs> He's doing all the other movies. What about Billy Crystal? Ooh, yeah. It'd be great to have Billy Crystal back in there. That's a good choice. What's that your number three? Choice. I didn't assign rankings to these, so let me take a quick look and decide oh, okay. what I think my number three should be. Um, okay. So, this is going to sound a little weird. Okay. But <laughs> go with me. All right. My number three choice uh-huh. is Spaceballs. Nice. See? I see where you're going. Yeah. And I like okay. It. So, here's what you get out of this yeah. you get it fits the rules. Yep. It was released in the 80s, it has no sequels to it. Right. And you have this whole new realm of Star Wars films to make fun of, in which to spoof. <laughs> right. But our rules dictate a certain amount of passage of time. Yeah. So we're not going to go prequels on this. We're going to go straight to the Force Awakens, Last Jedi I like world. It. I like it. So um, Bill Pullman will come back. Daphne Zuniga will come back. Rick Moranis will come back. Nice. I know Darth Vader is supposed to be dead and whatnot, but yeah, yeah. we're going to find a way to bring Dark Helmet yeah. back yeah, into yeah. this gotta, movie. we got to have him in there. Which will be awesome because Rick Moranis doesn't act much anymore. He was retired for years yeah. and recently did something, uh. but it'll be really cool to get him on screen again. That'd be awesome. Obviously, we lost John Candy, right. so we can't have him. So the way we're going to get around that is by saying that barf john candy's character has become even more dog-like to where you can't recognize him as a human anymore yeah and i'm thinking maybe we'll have like kevin james play him so he's still got like that kind of he's a husky dude but he's got physicality and he can do crazy stunts and stuff like that mel brooks will return as yogurt (laughs) um and then we're gonna bring in two new characters okay at least two yeah inspired by Ray and Kylo Ren. Nice. I don't know what their names would be, and it doesn't matter, but the Ray character will be played by Anna Kendrick. Okay. And then the Kylo Ren character to really play up the whole like pent up angstiness. Angsty teen yeah. emo. <laughs> My grandfather's dead. I hope you're gonna say the name I'm thinking of now. Oh now I want to know what you're <laughs> no, thinking. No, you of. say it first, you say it first. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be what you think it is. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to go with Andy Samberg because I think he can play that really <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I was going to say of? Michael Sarah, but oh. I think and, and Andy Samberg is, is yeah. even better. Yeah. So, and then, so I looked into this a little bit. It doesn't look like Mel Brooks is really directing movies anymore. He mm. just does voice work. Okay. The guy's in his 90s at this Whoa, point. Oh, okay. So, nice. Yeah. So rather than that, and rather than go with one of like these modern film directors who are doing like you know the gross out comedies are big yeah. nowadays yeah 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 your todd phillips's your adam mckay's judd you know, apatow, your judd apatow yeah, paul yeah, fake yeah. these kind of guys sure we're not going to go with any of that okay we're going to go with something a little bit cleaner and somebody who has shown great aptitude for spoofing star wars in the past yeah it's a little weird yeah but seth green and Matthew Senreich. That would be I don't awesome. know if that's how you say his name, but the yeah. creators of Robot Chicken. That would be awesome. So, I would love to see that movie. So that's good. what it is. Story-wise, you know, it would spoof The yeah. Force Awakens. I think well, we could we have throw... to kind of spoof the original Spaceballs to a degree, too, because sure. people say it's adult derivative, and it had to be derivative of that exactly, one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we could throw some prequel references in yeah. and make fun of those in a good way. Yeah. But, so... That's my number three. I would want to see that film. I'm down, I'm down <laughs> for that, yeah. 
All right, my number two then. So my number two is from, I think this is maybe an obscure film. So do you remember the game? Yeah. Oh, dude, Michael love Douglas? that film. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that film. So here's the deal. Um, I think that Michael Douglas comes back, but he's a character who's older now, and he's kind of become disenfranchised with life. He's not sure if life has anything for him in in the remaining time he has here. He's not sure mm-hmm. if his life is valuable anymore. He's feeling life slip away from him. But then he wakes up to find himself experiencing this really weird, interesting world that he's never seen before because it, because he's younger and he's playing another game, but this time it's inside a CGI world. So it's not it's sort of more like a Matrix type of a deal. It's not okay. like the normal world around him. But it's similar in that it's a similar type of game that's meant to teach him something about his life and about what what dying might be like and what living is really truly like. Sure. So that's kind of what this this film would be about. He learns to appreciate love and appreciate the life he has remaining so that when he goes to the real world, he has a deep, meaningful experience. And the director for this film, I think, should be Denis Villeneuve. Hey. Because I think that he would be able to do it justice. Who directed the original? Was it Fincher? Uh, I believe it was Fincher, but I'm going to look it up as we talk about it. All right. Um, yeah, Denis would really get the moodiness going. Exactly, he'd have to he'd have the moodiness going. That came out in 1997, by the way, so it just fits right underneath our. Totally, yeah, it was fits. David Fincher. It was David Fincher. Okay, I think that would be a really fascinating thing because I haven't seen a film that has intrigued me as much as that film did. Because you just it's were really watching it and you're just like, "What am I watching? And what is happening?" Yeah, and really done well. So I think it deserves a sequel. All right, all right, I like it. So my number two is The Goonies. Oh, nice. So Very nice. Now, I know you and I were talking earlier, and you referenced somebody telling you that The Goonies has a sequel. Yeah. It's not true. Okay. There was a video game called The Goonies 2. Uh, that doesn't count. Okay, it's a fine. Video game. That's fair. It's not yeah, a yeah, yeah. No, video and there's been count. talk of a sequel for Ever. years. Yeah. And there is a sequel listed on IMDb, but it's, you know, it's one of those... Things that may or may not happen. Right. I've seen the cast get mm. together and talk about it. Yeah. And essentially say, no, it's probably not going to happen. Like, we'd all love to do it, right. but it would have to be just right. Right. You right, know? right, right. So, but I think I might have it just right. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, oh, it should be noted too. These are, we're, we're, we're giving all movies that are geek movies. Yeah. And The Goonies is a geek movie. Totally. The game in this context would be a geek movie. Yeah. Princess Bride would be a geek. so just 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 saying we're staying within geekdom here too right which is why we both avoided Breakfast Club <laughs> I had a, I had a way to make that I, I want to hear about it later <laughs> yeah um, okay so the Goonies sequel to the Goonies this takes place in present day um, a lot of times when we create these sequels you know you look at Ryan Gosling and Blade Runner twenty forty nine you look at other versions of this like like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull brought in. Right. I hate him so much I can't even remember his name right Shia now. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you had to say always, was I hate him so much. I, I, knew, I knew who it was. <laughs> they bring in these new characters. Yeah. To try and breathe life. We're not going to do that. We're okay. going to rely on our original Goonies for this movie. So this movie stars Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, Corey Feldman, Key Kwan, and Jeff Cohen, who I don't think has acted since the Goonies. Oh wow. So hope. You know, hopefully he's... He's up for it. He's up for it. <laughs> yeah. So here's my pitch. Yeah, let's hear it. Three of the kids are still together and are 
grown up now. Yeah. Mikey, played by Sean Astin. Mouth, played by Corey Feldman. And Data, played by Ki Kwan, who was kind of like a little Korean James Bond, sort of. Oh, nice. <laughs> he had all these gadgets and stuff <laughs> like that. Maybe more like Inspector Gadget. Okay, okay. But they are still together and have spent their lives trying to find One-Eyed Willie's ship. Okay. I to like the this. point where they have severed ties with their families. They are regarded as these crazy treasure hunters. I like this. Who have just lost their minds. And they're just living the Goonies dream and trying to find this <laughs> ship. Chunk, played by Jeff Cohen, who uh-huh. was the fourth kid, has separated from them. Okay. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to live a more reasonable life. Even if you watch the Goonies, he was the one that was always like, we shouldn't do this. Let's go yeah. home. You know, and <laughs> he's like, done, let's man. go eat a pizza because he's this little fat kid. Nowadays, yeah. he's not. Okay. But, and then Brant, who is Josh Brolin's character, uh-huh. who is the older brother of Mikey, is also just kind of living his life and not in a whole lot of contact with them. So they've been spent, spending their whole lives trying to find this ship with no success. Mm-hmm. And... Basically, they get crazier and crazier as time goes by, which works really well to put Corey Feldman back in the movie. <laughs> just, just play yeah. yourself, dude. Yeah. He's allowed to be as crazy as he really <laughs> right, right. is. But um, now they come across a lead where Sloth has actually... He's dead now, but he's left something behind to help find the ship. Nice. But since he spent the majority of his time with Chunk... Mm-hmm. Only Chunk would understand what he's left behind. So they have to go back and find Chunk and make him agree to take place in this, which they do by talking to Brant, and suddenly you have all of your guys back together nice. again. And we're not going for some higher purpose or anything like this. This is straight-up treasure hunting, and nice. they're just hunting for the treasure. And this movie... I don't. Richard Donner's in his 80s now. He directed yeah. the original, and I don't think he wants to do this anymore yeah so i kind of feel like maybe he's not up for this but when you watch the goonies it feels like a spielberg film Mm. so let's just go for it and let spielberg direct this sequel got it so that's my number two i dig it i'd be i'd be down to watch that film i think that that's really interesting um i also really like that you're bringing back all the characters that are available to you who would be the villains like who would be trying to fight combat them as they're looking for the treasure I don't know. I don't know. Danger yeah, yeah, of the yeah. ship, of where it is. I don't know. Like the yeah, elements yeah. could be the villains. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, some of the villains from the original movie are still around. Like Joe Pantoliano was one of them. Yeah. Robert Davi. I'm not sure if he's still alive or not. The mother. Uh, I don't remember the actress's name who played her, but she's. I know she's deceased at this point. Um. So you could maybe bring them Carrie back Green? in. Martha Plimpton. No, they were the kids. It was... Mama Fratelli? Yeah. Anne Ramsey? Anne Ramsey. I was going to say that. I should have just said it. So I don't know. I don't know what the danger is, but yeah, it kind of doesn't matter because the joy is in these Watching, characters yeah. all coming back together again. I like it. I like it a lot. Hey guys, pardon my brief interruption here, but do you need a new pair of headphones? If you do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Urban Vinyl. They make premium wood headphones that look amazing. But here's the thing, they're made by audiophiles for audiophiles, so they sound as good as they look. In fact, reviewers have called their headphones the best headphones on the market, better even than Bose and Beats. And you know what, I agree. 
They're what I use when I record this podcast. Please consider purchasing a pair using the link in the show notes. If you click the link to their website and use the promo code J, my name, my first name, J-A-Y, super simple, you save 15% and Urban Vinyl will make a donation to the Reclamation Society. So if you need headphones or you're looking to upgrade the pair that you currently have, definitely take a look at what Urban Vinyl has to offer. Click the link in the show notes to visit their website and use my name, J-A-Y, to get the 15% discount. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, you ready for my number one? I'm ready. Okay. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> now, I, here's the thing. I did, I, not like, <laughs> I did not like that movie as a kid. I've rewatched it as an adult, and I really like it. So here's my premise, though. Here's my premise. Toontown has been forgotten by the real world because we're kind of seeing a lack of 2D animation. There's some 2D animation still yeah. out there, but it's you know it's like pretty not as much of it out there. Yeah. So Toontown has been forgotten by the real world and it's suffering for it. So it's starting to go into economic disarray and some of that kind of stuff is starting yeah. to become a little bit less nice. Or you could go like a whole weirder route and say that it's like totally Asian inspired now because the only 2D animation that's still surviving is anime. Exactly. So there's elements of that there <laughs> yeah. that's like kind of taking over but some of like the more ha- the happier stuff is kind of like not there anymore. Yeah. Um, and people have really traded in tunes for this new land that, that, that's out there which is the 3D animated figures from yeah. CGville. CGville. Okay. But one of CG in front of uh, CGville's <laughs> biggest stars Mr. Potato Head has been murdered. This makes me feel a lot better about Spaceballs. I was afraid that Spaceballs no. was too goofy. No, no, You're making is, me feel good. This is awesome. So Mr. Potato Head is murdered. His body parts have been strewn everywhere, and they keep finding him everywhere. Um, and now Roger Rabbit, who's down on his luck because, unfortunately, Jessica Rabbit has passed away, um, is being blamed. Him and several tunes from Toontown are being blamed as the people who are jealous of the new 3D characters. All right. And have come back into that world and murdered them. Um... But Eddie Valiant's son, because of course the actor Bob that Hoskins is dead. Bob Hoskins yeah. has died. Um, so Eddie Valiant's son, Eddie Jr., and Roger Rabbit's son, Reese Rabbit, <laughs> Reese Rabbit, Reese don't Rabbit. believe that Roger did it. So together, the two of them are going to navigate the human world. They're also going to navigate navigate CGville, and they're going to um, even be in Toontown to find Mr. Potato Head's real killer. Who they discover in the end is really Sid from Toy Story. Oh my gosh. So that is the that is the movie wrapped up in a nutshell. And I would love to have this directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yeah. I think that would be fantastic. They would do a great job of applying all of these things in a funny way. You could bring in the Lego characters. You could bring in the classic characters. You could bring in... It's like the kid's version of Ready Player One. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a kid version of Ready Player One. So that is my number one. I'd love to see that film. I think it'd be really interesting. Wow. We're just lacking a lot of the classic animation. We don't see that anymore. I'd love yeah. to see it. So um, will there be both in this? Like, will Roger Rabbit be 2D, but yep. Sid is 3D? Exactly. It'd be 3D, 2D, and real world. And wow. it'd be all of that wrapped into one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It sounds better than Roger Rabbit. Well, I think it could be because I think Roger Rabbit suffered from because Disney at that time was trying to figure out like what's Touchstone, what's Disney, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it kind of I think suffered from a lack of kid friendliness. 
It was um, really dark. It got really dark. It was really evil. And I think that this <laughs> needs to kind of solve for some of that yeah. by being how like like we've seen like with the more of the sophisticated cartoons now there are adult jokes, but it's mostly suitable for children, which yeah. I don't think Roger Rabbit quite was. Yeah, it would be cool if, if it kind of took on that kind of vibe. All right. Wow. Yeah. Roger Is Randy Rabbit. Newman going to do the soundtrack? Of course, <laughs> he has to. He has to. All right. Interesting. I would not have expected you to go that route. Yeah, I, I really, I think that would be really fascinating. Roger Rabbit. Okay. All right. So my number one, mm-hmm. and I'm actually really excited about this. And if anybody has any Hollywood connections out there, <laughs> please make this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, before it's too late. So we we talk about James Cameron a lot. We do on this podcast. Yeah. Mostly in bad ways because we have things like Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and Titanic and I like Titanic actually. Well, it's got its issues. But yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're not big modern day James Cameron fans. No, but back like in the day, Terminator was awesome. Terminator is awesome. Terminator Two was awesome. True Lies was great. True Lies is good. But in my opinion, the mm. best movie that James Cameron ever made is The Abyss. Oh, The Abyss, sure. From 1989 mm-hmm. with Ed Harris. So just a quick little bit of context again, in case people haven't seen The Abyss. Yeah. Um, You're going to have to remind me because it's been a long time. Sure. I'll remind you. So there's this deep sea um, operation going on. I can't remember if they're drilling or exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Ed Harris leads the group and... He is with one of the people on the crew is his wife, although they're estranged. Mm-hmm. His wife Lindsay. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to recollect this as I go. So <laughs> Ed Harris has to dive into this trench, yeah. into this abyss. Mm-hmm. Like I still remember the trailer of it. There's a guy that says <laughs> two and a half miles straight down, you know? and yeah. um, so he has to go down there to get this um submersible that they sent out to get data and stuff like that they have to bring that back okay but it's so deep that it's dangerous and he gets down there and they lose him they lose touch with him and as he's going down he's talking to his wife about how he wishes that they were reconciled Uh and it's clear that there's still love between the two of them you know um and so you think he's gonna die but then he gets saved by these beings that exist under there. And they've come to call them NTIs, which is non-terrestrial intelligence. Got it. But we never know. Are they actually aliens? aliens? Were they there before we were? We never know any of that. And in in the theatrical version of the movie, Uh they just interact with him a little bit and talk. They communicate and they save his life. And eventually they raise their ship out from under the ocean mm. and he comes out of it triumphantly and gets reunited with his wife Yeah, and that's kind of it. The director's cut is completely different. Really? And this is one of the movies where the director's cut, it's like Batman versus Superman. Like You just have to watch the director's cut. Oh, okay. Because it gives you more motivation for the creatures. Right. So in the director's, in the, in the original movie, they show video footage okay. to, to Virgil of people hurting each other and Uh, wars and stuff like that and then it's his connection to his wife and the tape the recording of him talking to his wife that ultimately makes makes them them save him him. yeah but in the director's cut they go way farther than that they actually create these giant tsunamis designed to take out 
the world, yeah. and they're going to kill everybody. Oh, and then because they, they think we're killing each this. other, so yeah. they're going to wipe out the hate. Okay. And then he stops them from doing that by okay. showing the love between him and his wife. Got it. And so that's the original movie. Okay. So now, fast forward to the future. Um, and the creatures have started to show themselves again mm. because the world just keeps getting worse, right? Yeah. We're just at war with each other. It's, yeah. It just gets worse and worse. So it's true to life. It's true to life. <laughs> yeah. And they're starting to make their whereabouts known. And so now there's this like militarized scientific operation under deep sea okay. to discover what their intentions are. We learn that they're not aliens. They've been here longer than we have. Oh, they're shit. like an ancient undersea race. Okay. And one of the operatives on this uh, team, mm-hmm. played by Chris Evans, oh, nice. is um, Daniel Brigman, Bud's son. Okay. Um, and as he starts to realize that these are the, the same creatures and everything and things are just not going well, he decides to bring his father back in in hopes that he can talk to them. But they are estranged. Like, they don't get along well. Uh, his wife has died a long time back. Okay. They don't talk to each other. So we bring Ed Harris back. Okay. And kind of the same thing. Like, through them reconciling, the aliens see that. Sure. And But we make this one bigger than the last one. We see more of them. We see ships, maybe even battles. Wow. And stuff like that. And I don't want James Cameron to be involved anymore, so we're going to have <laughs> Joseph Kaczynski direct this. Oh, who one directed? Yeah, he's one of my favorites. He did Oblivion and Tron Legacy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Only the Brave. Oh, he would be a good choice. So that's my number one, The Abyss. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go through some honorable mentions, and then we'll try and figure out which ones of each other's are the favorites that should get made. And maybe we'll see what Jason. Yeah, we'll ask well. Jason too. Okay. We'll ask Jason what he thinks. <laughs> Jason, for those of you who don't know, is our filmer of this podcast. Um, let's go through honor- honorable mentions then. Do you want to go first? Well, we talked about Breakfast Club. You had some crazy idea for Breakfast Club. Well, Breakfast Club, like I think that it would have been interesting to see the, some of those characters come back and be like confined in some sort of space again. Yeah. Um, and then have to try to figure their way out. So to make it geek would be a little bit difficult, but maybe they're confined in a space that, again, it's like a CGI world or something like that where they yeah. have to get out of that space. Mm-hmm. So I, this, one of the reasons it didn't make my list is because I actually did not have any good ideas of what to do with it. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of my honorable mentions for sure. You could just put them all in traffic school. <laughs> That would be hilarious. Maybe not geek, but hilarious. <laughs> I almost... I thought of of uh, Spaceballs kind of at the last minute. Oh, nice. The one I was going to go with mm-hmm. was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, sure. A sequel to the film. Yeah. The original movie. So, And it would have been this whole different thing where there's a new Slayer and she has to go find right. Christy Swanson and whatnot. And right. So that was one of my other possibilities. Yes, yeah, I like that. I dig that. I thought about stuff as crazy as like E.T. Oh, I thought like, about E.T. you go back to I, E.T.? I thought about E.T. as well. Yep. It actually didn't make my honorable mentions though. <clears throat> I used to think that The Last Starfighter was a uh, good option. Yeah. But I recently rewatched The Last, Star- the Star- the last, the last Starfighter. Starfighter. And it just, man, it wasn't no as good. good as I thought it was. Oh, uh, bummer. So. So yeah. just really quick here, some of mine. The Usual Suspects. Really? Did not figure out how to put it on there. I love that film. I think yeah. that film's amazing, but I could not figure out how to make it geek. That ending is so good. It almost seems like if you continue it, you'd. you'd well, it almost has to be done it. in a different way. Like, yeah. like you're leaving Kaiser Sose alone and you're like moving on. Okay. Right? 
Um, Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I thought about that one. Groundhog's Day, I think, would be really fascinating if if his wife was now dying and he wanted to find a way to relive every day. Yeah. So he hates reliving every day in the first one, but what if he wanted to relive every day? Yeah. And had like a sci-fi component to it there, I think would be interesting. Or you could just recast him, have Tom Cruise play him, and then he has to fight aliens every day. <laughs> just L- an idea. Live, die, repeat. Yeah. yeah. Groundhog's Something day. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 12 Monkeys is on there Yeah I thought about 12 Monkeys 12 Monkeys is really fascinating I think there's actually a TV show or something that's coming out with 12 Monkeys I'm not sure Yeah it was already out I don't know if it was any good Yeah I don't know either I thought you could make a geek version of Apollo 13 And bring back really? some of those astronauts And have them oh, b- love going to Mars or something Okay Something along those lines um, Fight Club is another one that I thought you could fight throw in club. there You know you could there have is a Fight a, Club geek movie There's a graphic novel sequel to Fight Club Is there really? Yeah Oh wow I did not know that. Uh, Time Bandits. Oh my gosh, Time Bandits. One of the reasons I did not put Time Bandits on there is I could not remember the plot. <laughs> I'm like, I actually don't even know what happened. So Most I would, of those guys might be dead by now, too. I, I, I think don't know. probably that's true. My One of my favorites, probably my favorite, this is the last one I had on here, uh, was the Maltese Falcon. I think that would be a really cool one to do, but like kind of a new take on it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe the actual... Um, Falcon has some supernatural properties to it that we didn't know yeah. about before, something like that. Like that would be really cool. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So I thought about the Fifth Element also. Ooh, the Fifth Element. Did that come out before two thousand? It was in the nineties. Okay. And I even thought about um, I thought about Top Gun, but they're actually doing Top Gun. I know. I thought about that directed too. by Joseph Kaczynski. Nice. Um, and even like Days of Thunder. Like I sort of went through all my favorite eighties yeah, Tom Cruise yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, well, let's bring in Jason then, and let's have Jason. Did you, Jason, as you've heard us talk about any of these yeah. movies, are, they, are there any of these movies that have stood out to you I'm as sure. being like, dude, that would be cool if there was a sequel to that film? I was getting excited about The Goonies. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to get excited about The Goonies. And I think what got me excited too about that movie was Stranger Things, the TV show. Right? Yes. I even thought about having the Duffer Brothers direct mm-hmm. it. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, that's a little too on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't, there's just something about watching a movie with kids in it and just their imagination. Um, you like another one of my favorite movies is The Sandlot. Oh yeah, and so I just think it's so cool to see the way kids react to yeah. different situations and how we get caught up in their world, but like their parents or whatever like yeah. it's, they're just kids having fun yep. but like we get so like invested in these kids and like what they're thinking totally. and it might not be real it might be real whatever it is yeah um did you guys see the new it movie i haven't I seen that to. yet is okay. it good i heard it's really good it feels like oh what my roommate told me was it is the sandlot rated r <laughs> <laughs> so there you go yeah that's awesome so yeah uh, i would just love to see that i think that'd cool. be really cool yeah that would be awesome cool Cool. So uh, now let's choose the tops from the ones that we kind of fleshed out a little All bit. Right. So why don't you choose my top film? So we have Princess Bride, Roger Rabbit. And The Game. And The Game. You can, you um, can, you can do this one too, Jason. I want to hear what you think is his best and my best. Okay, I'd okay. go with The Game. Yeah? Yeah. Bring back I'd Michael be Douglas. intrigued to see that. Yeah, that would be cool. I think it would be really, really interesting. Yeah. Okay, so of yours, give me yours again. The Abyss, The Goonies, and Spaceballs. 
I'm gonna go with Spaceballs because I think there's lots really? of comedy there. I think there's lots of opportunity for comedy on that. Because like, right. you're basically, we haven't seen, the only spoofs that we've really seen are the scary movie, like that whole crew yeah, yeah. that's done those. And, and you know, they try to bring like, a little bit of a gross out to it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm, I'm, I would love to see though, like more of a classic take of like the slapstick kind of ridiculousness of Spaceballs yeah. and add that into a modern day kind of environment. I think that'd be really, really interesting. So that'd be my Sweet. choice. What about for you, Jay? Yeah, for me. Yeah, The Princess Bride. Yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> see a sequel to that? <laughs> yeah, cool. I just think it's like a classic movie, and it'd be cool to see it. Me, right? I read that there's the screenwriter of The Princess Bride is like yeah. in his 80s, right? Uh-huh. And he's like, I still haven't thought of a good story yeah. to tell. After <laughs> no <that>. way. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yep, that's yep. crazy. Um, and also The Abyss. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, but after see, I ruined a little bit of it. For well, you, after but you're it's describing it. it, yeah, um, I always love water, like anything with water in yeah. movies. So cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think they. There's not a lot of movies that have done it well. Right. Uh, it's true. I, I mean, Jaws was awesome. But yeah, most yeah. of them are like horror movies. Yeah, and this is not. Yeah, some of it feels cheesy. that way, but it's not. Yeah. And I know, like I get it. Like it's production costs and stuff to like right. filming on water and yeah. like. Whatever, but when it's done, like Life of Pi, like off oh, and like movie. it's just so cool when you can yeah, like do yeah, stuff yeah. with water and world. And there's yeah, water <laughs> world. <laughs> it's just cool when you can. Uh, it's just like it's mysterious too because yeah. like we don't really know that world underwater. Exactly, and I just think it's cool like when when you can do it well in a movie. There's For not sure. much left of the world that has not been explored, but there's still underwater areas yep. that we haven't really touched. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. I think that's really cool. Well, I think that'll do it for this one. This was really fun. I like this format. Yeah, I do too. I think it's fun to kind of come up with new creative ideas. Yeah. And then to explore those a little bit. And you guys out there, if there's anything you want to hear us hash it out about, send us ideas, let us know. You know what someone's going to do? Someone's going to suggest Event Horizon. (laughs) We got to talk about it. I just don't want to watch Event Horizon again. I know. I know. This would be a sequel. They're going to try and troll us with that. Yeah. (laughs) Especially now that you brought it up. Well, yeah. That is it for today's podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks. As always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.